I am the Future Pupil Programme Employability Coordinator here at the University of Law. Welcome to another episode of the Future Pupils podcast. Joining me once again are my colleagues Amy Weir and Charlotte Arundale. How are you both today? Good, thank you, Josh. Good, thanks, Josh. Enjoying the sun? Excellent. Good to hear it. Well, today what we're going to be talking about is the Inns of Court, So this podcast is going to be aimed at people who are pre-bar course, those of you who perhaps haven't yet joined an inn of court, and you might be deciding which inn to join or which inn to apply to for a scholarship. I think what we want to do is have a chat about what we like about our individual inns, what kinds of things the inn offer, um, And just really to give a bit of a flavour, because I certainly think that when I was pre-bar course, I didn't really understand so much the role the inns played, what Mm -hmm. they actually did, why we even had to join one at all, uh, and kind of what to expect. Maybe should we start off by saying which inns we're all at? So I'm at Lincoln's Inn, uh, which uh, I got a scholarship from for the bar course. I'm at Inner Temple, and I also got a scholarship from Inner Temple. I'm from Middle Temple and I also had a scholarship from Middle for the bar course. Amazing. Um, Amy, did you also get a GDL scholarship or was it just bar course? Yes. Yeah. So I applied first on the GDL and that was actually one of the reasons, I know we didn't want to delve too much into applications, but that was one of the reasons why I applied for Inner Temple um, because they guaranteed you to get this money essentially for the GDL, if for the bar course, if you got one on the GDL. And so I thought that was quite a good comfort, knowing that if you've got the backing to do the GDL, you also have the backing to do the bar course. Mm, yeah, so I think that is something to, to bear in mind. Yeah, I think um, that, is, that is definitely one of the important things to bear in mind when you're thinking about the different ends. As a broad statement, we can say all the ends are actually great there's no wrong in to choose there's no in that's weaker than the others and there's not necessarily an in that's better than the others either they're all brilliant but they do all have subtle differences around perhaps the way in which they offer scholarships the individual types of scholarships they offer um application procedure and again the like the um criteria is broadly very similar but there are again subtle differences so i think when you're choosing an in or trying to learn more about the inns, don't put pressure on yourself to necessarily think I've, I need to choose like the best one, but just go for more what fits you. Would mm-hmm. you say you both agree with that? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think they they all have their, as you say, um, they're all great, but some of them small little bits may be slightly different. I think maybe Lincoln's is focused a little bit more on academics. Is that right, Josh? Um. I don't know. I suppose I think they all they all prize academics. I, I don't know if I'd say Lincoln's actually. Is it not? Like over okay. other things. It, Lincoln's do have a bit of a reputation for loving um, like ethics and professional ethics. Okay, interesting. But, um, yeah, I'm not necessarily sure academics over more, okay. more than the other ends. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I mean, also they all have stunning grounds in in central London. 
um and and the inns are like really welcoming so I, I always think like if you're thinking about choosing one you could just pop in one day and um the porters or whoever's there will probably be more than happy to give you a point in the right direction and let you have a bit of a look around the grounds yeah I did that with middle and inner because one of the other reasons that I liked inner was how close that middle and inner were together because it kind of felt like a really nice atmosphere having them really close and the portrait middle temple was so nice showed me and my friend around the kind of hall probably showed us like a bit more than maybe if you didn't ask you'd get to see um so they are really friendly and I think it is worth going to visit because it's totally fair enough to kind of pick your in based on the kind of vibe you get around mm. it I think yeah, yeah I mean sorry Charlotte go on no no that's okay um I mean we're, we're talking about like the grounds being pretty and things like that and, and the atmosphere being nice but it, I suppose it actually kind of makes sense as a starting point to talk about why that's important i.e mm. what would you actually go to the inn for so for me really when I go to the inn well, certainly when I was on the bar course, you go there for your qualifying sessions and the call to the bar ceremony. So it, it, it's that kind of environment for those those types of events. It's not like you go to the inn on a day-to-day basis, is it? Did you either of you use the inn's library? Oh, yeah, I did, actually. Um, because I quite enjoyed doing that at Inner Temple once it the refurbishment had finished. It's got a great library to just go and work. Yeah, yeah. When when I was doing the the masters component of the bar course, you sort of like you finish the main bar course May time, and then mm. over the summer you do the additional optional modules. And I um I found it quite a good place to go and like revise for those. Yeah, and some of the libraries are quite different. Must maybe slightly more modern, so you could just go and do a bit of a library tour and see where where would you like. Although having said that, you can visit as a member of an inn. You can visit any of the libraries, can't you? Yes, uh, yeah, you can, and also they have like a, I did a bit of scooting around all of them. Yeah, they do a Saturday rotor as well, don't they? Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you might go to the interlude, use the library. You might go for your qualifying sessions or like call to the bar. You can also just pop into the inn whenever you want for like some lunch or in the evening for some dinner or some drinks. I really like going to the Lincoln's Inn MCR uh, because frankly in central london it's a really nice place to take family and friends mm. just for like a few drinks after work or something yeah i've met people at the pegasus bar just because if you're both members of the inn it's just quite nice to meet there it's an excuse mm. to go there yeah Very nice. networking yeah any, anything like that and um and just just generally a, a nice place to relax because it's kind of like it feels kind of exclusive without being too exclusive yeah um, yeah, it's a sense of community, really nice. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I um, also don't know if Josh or Charlotte, you did any of the kind of societies with your in, but I did the Inner Temple Drama Society, which was good fun, and our rehearsals were at the inn. So that kind of gave it almost a uni feel to it that you were kind of doing something fun with a group of people that share a common interest. Yeah, tell us a bit more about how you got into that. So I saw it on advertise on Instagram. And I think I'd been kind of looking for things to get involved in. And so I just signed up to the Inner Temple Pantomime and rocked up. Um, and then, yeah, everyone that signs up, I'm pretty sure gets in, even if you're just a spoon or a fork or something, even if you're not a main part, anyone. That... <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I part of my role. So I was 
a kind of play on Frankenstein character for some of it, but then for the rest of it, I was a fork because there was a um, <laughs> there was a Sorry, oh gosh, <laughs> Amy, <laughs> there was a Beauty and be- a Beauty and Beast. <laughs> I might have to mute but, myself. This is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. There's a Beauty and the Beast element. There was a dance in it when there was cutlery, and I was a fork. Oh. Um, but yeah, honestly, such a good way to meet people because we were all going to the bar. Some people had pupillages already, some people didn't. And a couple of times a week at the inn rehearsing. So things like that. It's a really good way to meet people. And again, that sense of community. Yeah. It's just reminded me, actually, the dinners at the end are really cool. I mean, Charlotte, we went to a one at Middle Temple, didn't we, a few months ago? We did. It was so good. Oh, It's a lovely place to um, take your partners if you have them or friends from other inns. So Josh is from Lincoln, so it was nice for him and his partner to join me and mine at the dinner. And you get to meet other people, other students, um, other barristers, young pupil barristers, and also you have guest speakers. And we were really lucky that we had Neil's dad from the Inbetweeners, which was absolutely epic. It was amazing. Yeah, the, the link here is actually the spoon and forks that you mentioned. It, like a, it just made me think of like a full type <laughs> setting because Neil's dad from the Inbetweeners also played like the town crier character in Disney Cinderella. Mm. Um, so he had to, he told us a, a big story about that in his dinner speech. Anyway, but I think the, the point is that, yeah, there are these really cool, unique opportunities that you get through the inn to go to these kinds of events and really kind of immerse yourself in the world of the bar. And you get those opportunities even when you're a student member. So even before you get pupillage or start pupillage, you can go along to these events. And um, I kind of feel like it's just, Particularly if, if you're like me in terms of I, I come from a background where none of my family are barristers, none of my mm. family friends are mm. barristers. I don't really know that many barristers. It's just great to kind of go and meet all these people. Yeah, I think there's also an element of support network because the inns do things like mentoring schemes or from my experience when I've spoken to you, barrister inns events, they're always really happy to offer you guidance, offer you support. It is a very kind of supportive culture I found anyway um in a temple mm. I completely agree with middle I've had two mentors through middle which helped me mm. um in the pupillage application cycle and I'm so grateful and glad to be a part of that in for the help that I received yeah and there's the similar stuff going on with Grays as well even though we haven't got someone from Grays on this on this episode of the podcast and even like actually what should be on your radar if you're pre-bar course stage is that uh it's the great grazing advocacy day is it Charlotte the, yeah the it's really good yeah yeah, definitely check that out. Could we talk a little bit about what kind of qualifi- qualifying sessions are? Because I remember when I started the GDL, knowing that on the bar course I'd have to do qualifying sessions. I didn't really know what anyone was talking about, apart from the fact I had to do them. Yeah, I think, Amy, you might be best placed to take us through that, actually, because you had the mm. more traditional year than us. Both Charlotte and I oh, were, yeah, doing, we were doing the bar course through COVID. So, we, you know, you always hear people talking about, oh, you have to eat your dinners to become a barrister. All, all of our stuff was virtual because of COVID, mm. so we never actually got the chance to um, go and eat those dinners. Yeah, I actually didn't do that many dinners either, to be honest, because the first half of mine were also online because of the project at the Inner Temple, the Pegasus Project. A lot of it was kind of getting refurbished. But just generally, I think their educational events and their 
they cover different themes from ethics to kind of life as a barrister to equality and diversity. And they take quite a few different forms. So I think some of them can be dinners or they can be, for example, weekends away um, or they can be kind of panel talks and um, is how I would describe them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think with, with Lincoln's, like we had to do, it's probably the same for the other ends. You had to do like a certain number of your qualifying sessions based on advocacy. So like for, for some of the criminal advocacy ones that I did, it was like do it, practicing plea mitigation or bail applications. Mm. And then you'd have to do some to do with like equality, diversity and inclusion, some to do with professional ethics. Um, yeah, I think ours also, you had to have a certain amount that were interactive. So there are some that are very much you're just watching and observing and taking it in. But then there are other sessions that you are required to kind of do something that mm. might be some prep and then yeah. do a bit of advocacy, for example. So I think that's how they phrased it within a temple. We were the same. Um, but also, I think once you've got on to the bar course or once you're a member of an inn, it doesn't necessarily matter if you've done your qualifying sessions. You can still go to any talks or any events mm. that you find interesting. It's not limited just to students, which is nice. Yeah, I think my top tips with qualifying sessions would be um, just to remember, like on on the day that the booking comes out, get on it early. It was almost mm. I don't know if it was just for my year group, but it was almost like getting festival tickets in terms of booking into like the best qualifying sessions. Yeah, um, they would sell out quickly. Yeah, and I also try. I'd personally say front load them. So try get as many done in the first term as you can so that when it comes to like pupillage application season you don't have to be spending too many evenings doing qualifying sessions I fully agree I think I did most of mine before the um, applications even opened for pupillage yeah and I think it's also good that we've pointed out about those different you need to send them out points in those different areas because it's easy to kind of brush over that and find yourself booked into five ethics qualifying sessions. Yeah. So do just bear in mind that you're getting the right the right ones to meet and the criteria. Actually, these qualifying sessions, because they're on quite like they're, they're on really good, relevant content and they're de mm. delivered in a really um uh not intense what's the kind of word I'm looking for? like an engaging and intellectually stimulating way so these aren't just oh no I've got to go do a qualifying session they're actually really useful talks and things that so the standard's really high so take them seriously and the ends are very hot on attendance the qualifying sessions are mandatory so you do need to go to them and if you're late or don't turn up without reasonable excuse they can actually deny your call to the bar or you'll have to explain yourself to benches so it's a it's there, there are actually consequences for non-attendance where you compare that to say like any other talk you might sign up to related to the bar and it doesn't necessarily matter if you don't attend for whatever reason but for these it does um because yeah we were saying about uh front loading them doing them before christmas time before pupillage application season opens actually you might find some of the talks become relevant content for pupillage applications or spark interest in other areas of law or certainly the ethics sessions i found were really useful when it came to cementing my own understanding and then prepping for pupillage interview questions and for the ethics exam i don't know if you both felt that yeah, yeah. we had sorry amy um we had a really good one by jackson who writes the adr handbook um, and that was really helpful. So not for the ethics exam, but for the civil lit exam. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
who literally yeah, talking to the author of the white book kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I passed civil litigation. <laughs> Likewise for me, that I think one of the most useful ones, they did a session on examination in chief and cross-examination. And obviously you get sessions at EU Law on that, but it was just a really, they gave some really just quick and useful tips um, for those things that, were really useful for my exams so I agree that they're not just a tick box exercise they're actually really useful and intellectually engaging as you said Josh. Mm. So ultimately the INS exist and they're there for the training support and and professional membership for barristers so when you're explaining to family and friends like when they say oh what inn are you in and they sometimes mean what chambers are you going to the inn is all about the professional membership and the chambers is where you actually work. Of course, confusingly, the vast majority of the chambers are located within the inns. So if you take me, for example, the chambers that I'm going to is located in Gray's Inn, but I'm a member of Lincoln's Inn and that doesn't Mm. matter. So don't worry about that at all. And also, um, I didn't realise until fairly recently that you can actually be a member of more than one inn. Um, and it's quite it's quite common for barristers as they go through their career to become members of other ends. I think actually wasn't Lord Denning member of all four ends or something? I believe so. Yeah. I didn't know that you could be a member of more than one end. Yeah, yeah, you can. Um, it's just like I mean, for me, because I got a scholarship at Lincoln's Inn, you then don't have to pay for membership at that inn. So mm. if, you, if you don't have a scholarship, you then have to pay for membership at, at the other ends. But yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know, Amy. Have you been asked to pay anything annually? I definitely haven't. It was just a one-off payment, but I don't yeah. know if that's a scholarship thing as well. I had to pay an upfront membership fee, but I haven't had to pay anything since. Should we have a little chat about um, the benefits of joining an in early mm. versus waiting and applying for a scholarship? Because this is quite often a question. Anna and I discuss in um, in careers appointments with students because I think it, it's tricky to know isn't it if you're at that um, pre-bar course stage say you're on the GDL or you're in second or third year of your law degree and you're thinking well the inns have lots of resources that might be helpful to me if I join early but then if I join that in and I apply to them for a scholarship and they reject me I then can't apply to a different end. I think we can only really talk from our personal experiences. I didn't apply to an end before I'd applied for a scholarship. So I went for middle um, because my first bit of work experience had been around there and I absolutely fell in love with it. So it's quite a nice story. I also liked that they interviewed everybody. um, But had I not got the scholarship... I probably would have taken a year out to get some experience and applied to a different inn because the scholarship to me was quite important. Yeah, that was the most the most important factor for me was getting a scholarship because the the simple truth of it was I I, I couldn't afford to do the bar course without a scholarship. Um, I applied for one in my final year of my undergraduate law degree and got rejected. Um, and then I went and worked in the police for a few years and then applied for a scholarship again, this time successfully to a different end. So that really worked as a strategy for me. And then, of course, meant that I could fund the bar course. But mm. if, I, if I'd if i locked myself in early by joining the inn that I initially applied to, I'd have to go for the same inn again. So you can apply to the same inn in a subsequent year. But, of course, you've got to think, well, what was it about 
that that unsuccessful year? Was, was it the fact that it was me as a candidate that wasn't quite ready, or was it maybe their selection criteria not quite fitting me? Um, of course, you can come back stronger and you might be successful, but I kind of felt that I was better suited elsewhere. For me, because I was going to be doing the GDL, I don't think the INS had been on my radar at undergrad, so there wouldn't have been much benefit to me joining an in early, I don't think, because I didn't start to even, I probably didn't really know much about them and what they had to offer until I started considering doing the GDL. Mm. Um, and then I thought I'll apply for a scholarship and join there and join an in based on that, I think mm. was my experience. So I think our conclusion on that probably is that it doesn't matter either way, which way you do it, you can be successful either way. But it's just worth bearing in mind and, and having that information so that you um, so you can make the most informed choice possible. I think there are also, so we've mentioned like the Greys in Advocacy Day. You can't do that if you're a member of another inn, but you don't have to be a member of Grace to take part in it. So having that option is, is quite nice. And there are also um, dinners to the universities. I think most of the inns do. So you're not locked into a particular and if 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 you haven't already looked you can go and have a feel around all the others yeah yeah that's right um but yeah as we said they're they're all brilliant and um all have had very successful barristers go through their doors over the years all have had you know supreme court judges and all the rest of it so it's not like if you you can only be right at the top if you go to his one certain inn um yeah do we have anything else to say on the inns of court i don't know how much difference this makes but there are slightly different sizes as well aren't there i think lincoln's is the biggest am i right thinking that josh um i think it's got the most members i don't know actually i don't know the stats i know roughly the recruitment stats not recruitment the scholarship stats but um as no, far as I understood it, the, that Lincoln's is the biggest, but I think they are—they are, they do vary in size to membership. So if that's something that's important to you, something you could look, you could research. Oh, actually, you've—you've um, you've made me think of an interesting point. What about, um, say, for example, you're going to be practicing in a different area of the country. The the inns are based in central London. Mm. Is there much going on in terms of like, well, not quite provincial hubs, but you, you know what I mean? Like representation of the inns in other cities. That's a good question. I feel one that I should probably know the answer to, but I don't. I, I, I think they do kind of do some like networking type events in different regions. And I certainly know that like for, when it comes to interviews for scholarships, they, they'll sometimes do like a northern interview base. Yeah, they, they do circuit yeah. events. Um, and circuit dinners I know that yeah yeah and for the advocacy weekends they also do different locations so there'll be one in the Midlands one in the north one in London Amy do you want to talk a bit more about the um, events that, that you went to in the advocacy weekends because I don't know about you Josh but because of Covid and, and working part-time I wasn't able to go to one and I'm so jealous yeah, I, I never got offered one because of COVID and I'm, I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> yeah, it's really worth keeping an eye out for the deadline because it's another one that they can sell out quickly because a lot of people want to do them. But it was really, really good fun. So I went to Crew Hall and stayed there for the week. So it's two nights. 
and the whole weekend was based around the court of protection so it was I think it was the first time they've ever done an advocacy weekend on the court of protection and it was so fascinating because I didn't have much exposure to the court of protection until then and we had talks on it we did a few exercises on it and then um, we all had in our groups a supervisor which meant that we got to know uh, QC quite well and could ask lots of questions and um, we did a few workshops we obviously had lots of nice dinners and nice food um, and it was just a, it was a really good weekend and also a great way to meet other people from Inner Temple because it's not just a couple of hours qualifying session it's a whole weekend and you get to meet lots of different people and there's we have like a group chat from it of kind of Inner in Temple I can't remember what it's called but just a group of people that met on that weekend that have kept in touch which I think is really nice because it's across the country as well so I, I do really recommend doing it good networking um as I say both for current students but also for people that are currently at the bar am I right in thinking that it um counts as two points for your qualifying sessions as well at least yeah it, it did for us I think not that I did one but and for the interactive element of it because you get to do some advocacy um so for us we had a kind of mock court protection trial um hearing sorry and so, yeah, it goes towards the interactive points, which are some of the harder ones to sometimes get, in my experience anyway. It's, um, it does sound quite daunting, doesn't it, doing all of this advocacy in front of barristers and QCs. Uh, but I certainly found that whenever I was going to any in events and in qualifying sessions, the best piece of advice I can give you is make mistakes. Because it's only by making mistakes that you get the feedback. And the feedback is incredible. It's just, it it sets you on, on that right path so that the next time you have a go, you can implement what they've said, get it right, and get yourself into really good habits. Um, yeah, and for me, they would sometimes, if you made a submission and they would interject, give you some feedback, and then let you run it again, yeah, which was really helpful. So um, throw yourself into it take those opportunities and it can be a bit nerve-wracking at first but really just give it a go and that's how you get the best out of the ends I think isn't it yeah definitely and from my experience people have been really friendly um, and really constructive with their feedback right I think then that probably concludes our podcast on the ends of court uh, any anything else to say any last remarks no other than what we've already said which is that they're all great and have a lot to offer Yep, definitely. And um, if it's a nice sunny day and you've got nothing else to do and you're thinking about which inn to go to, do go give them, a, uh, give them a visit in central London. It's a really lovely day out. It's the kind of thing that your family and friends love as well because they're stunning. And if yep. nothing else, they make a great Instagram picture. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> right. Thanks for listening. Um, this is actually my last podcast because today is my last working day at the University of Law. So just wanted oh, to say a little so sad. Just wanted to say a little thank you and goodbye. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Charlotte. Um, I do hope that you manage to listen to future episodes and good luck everyone on your journey to the bar. Bye.